You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. I hope everyone's having safe travels to their holiday destinations, if they have a destination, if you're just cozying up at home or still driving to work through the holidays. Appreciate you as well. Thanks for making us your first listen right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Brian Peacock with Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. And man, week 15, Matt, just ended. We're getting on to week 16 today. We've got to start previewing some games. Starts with Thursday night football, 49ers at Titans. Got a couple Saturday games as well. The Browns actually playing this time on Saturday, it looks like this week. And we'll get to some of the early Sunday games. Come back tomorrow, finish up the preview for week 16 with some of the uh, the other Sunday games, the prime timers and Monday night football. Matt, this is the end. Thursday night football ends tonight. And uh, thankfully, because Thursday night football is usually not the greatest night of football. Uh, I think, you know, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, much better games, in my opinion, than <laughs> Thursday's turn out to be. Although there was a pretty good one last week with the, the team that was on the road and traveling. Uh, quite a long distance as well, uh, got the win. It took it overtime to do it, but they got the win. The Chiefs did over the Chargers. Can the 49ers do the same to the Tennessee Titans, the 8-6 and six Niners on the road with a 5-2 and two road record, by the way, and the Titans at 9-5 and five with a 5-2 and two home record? We'll be hosting those 49ers in Nashville tonight. I will say your Tuesday night versus Thursday night idea is really growing on me. I think there's something to that. I like that quite a bit. So I'm just going to kind of stick that in the back burner for now. I didn't even realize this was a last Thursday nighter. Uh, the wife will be happy about that. That's one more night to chill on the couch and watch some TV or whatever. Um, the Niners are your team. Everyone in the world knows that. Um, the Titans played against my team last week, the Steelers. So I really dug into them heavy leading up to that game and watched every snap of their game. I am far from impressed with Tennessee right now. And a lot of it's not their fault. I mean, they're asking too much of their quarterback, their foundational two pieces. And I say two Brown and Henry have been out and they complement each other really well. I guess at the second, we don't know if Brown is playing. I think I'm going to operate under the assumption he is. Um, but Lawan is out. Saffold is out. This offense is creating no explosive plays. They don't protect very well. They can really only play one way, which is handing it to Foreman. And the Steelers' run defense is so bad that that worked in their favor. They were able to do that. I mean, almost all the offensive production from Tennessee last week was from the running back position. Short throws, runs. You know, I mean, they're getting nothing from tight ends and receivers. I do like the Titans' defense, especially their defensive front. I mean, for people who don't know this by now, Jeffrey Simmons is a star. Uh, they got some edge pass rush. I mean, but their corners can be exploited. I mean, I think it could be a pretty decent IU game. Kittle as well. Samuel, if he's used in a traditional receiver manner. But I also wonder, just for over-unders and point spreads, are both these teams just going to run the clock like crazy <laughs> and we might not get a lot of, a lot of plays? That's the way I've looked at this, and I've broken this down many times all week long. I've talked with Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans. We did a crossover on Locked On 49ers. Um, it's, it is a big game for both of these teams, and I, I've tried to figure out how it's going to go when the 49ers are on offense. That one's a little bit more difficult. When the 49ers are on defense, I think 
uh, I think things make a little bit more sense to me. And we'll see where Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are at. Brown yeah, has been yeah. designated, as you mentioned, to come off of IR, but he hasn't quite been activated yet. And he was at practice this week, but it might be one of those game time decisions. Will he be 100% if he is activated? Same with Julio Jones. Uh, he's been kind of limited in practice. He might play, but the hamstring. You notice I didn't mention Julio. I, I mean, I how much he's a shell of himself and never doesn't play a lot of snaps. Right. If you have 100% AJ Brown and Julio Jones in this game, it changes everything, right? And I just I don't know Absolutely. if that's what they're going to get. Um, the line is starting to creep. It started at four to, at the beginning of the week. Last I checked, it was three and a half. Today, it's now up to three. Maybe that's because of some of the news about some of those guys. But I don't know if Ryan Tannehill will have time to find even a perfectly healthy Julio Jones and A.J. Brown because of what's going on with the offensive line. Questenberry, the right tackle, has been a turnstile for the Titans. So many injuries up front now with Saffold and Luan out, the left side's destroyed. And so it doesn't really matter where Nick Bosa is going to line up. And, I mean, the rest of the 49ers' defense uh, defensive line is pretty strong as well. They've been better versus the run than the pass for the most part, but there's usually been one player to step up and help out Nick Bosa this year, whether it's Arden Key in a reserve role or um, DJ Jones has had some good games. Eric Armstead uh, from the interior, he's been he's been completely inside now instead of being sort of a, a big end that kicks inside on passing downs. He's been 100% defensive tackle since the Kinlaw injury. So mm. strong defensive line, strong front seven with the linebackers. Uh, I do like the 49ers' ability there to get after Ryan Tannehill and stop the run in this football game. So the question is, can Ryan Tannehill find some time and hit some guys on the outside and make some big plays? Because that's where the 49ers are down some players is at cornerback. Um, If you don't have Julio and A.J. Brown, I think you're dead in the water if you're the Titans. They might have a shot if those guys are out there and uh, are playing anywhere near full strength. Now, on the 49ers' offensive front, their strength is, in a lot of ways, the Titans' strength. And, and you're right. Both these teams are going to try to play bully ball and run the ball quite a bit. And, and what happens if neither one of them is able to do it, right? So right. it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come It's not easy to run on the Titans. Right. And uh, they're so good. And they're good at getting after the quarterback as well. So if you get third and longs, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's been good on third downs this year. And luckily for, I think, the 49ers, they match up well with the exception of Kevin Byard in the middle of the, of the secondary back there. Will they bring Bayard down to cover George Kittle? Then you still have uh, Ayuk and Debo on the outside to use ID, uh, Debo as a running back to try to get outside a little bit better and, and run away from Jeffrey Simmons, essentially. So uh, that's the chess match to me is how much the 49ers are going to score because I don't see a lot of scoring happening on the Titans side. And all that together, to, to me, says probably you should take the under with the 44 and a half. Yeah, it seems that way. I mean, just because I don't know that there'll be a lot of snaps when it's all said and done. There could be a lot of three and outs, as you said. I think both both coaching staffs will be patient with their run game, not fearing that the other team gets a big lead. But I'm going to kind of talk out of both sides of my mouth, too. I could see the, the Niners getting an early lead here. And then, to me, it's over. I, I mean, they just have a much better chance than Tennessee to create explosive plays early in the game and get the lead and play the situation that they want. I'm going to lay the points. I, I like the Niners here. And if we're to tier these teams, I think the Niners are clearly a tier above this version of the Titans. I got a little bit worried early in the week, seeing Niners favored by four short week on the road. A lot of times that's a scheduled loss. I, I didn't love that seeing how banged up the Titans are. 
Uh, that number going down to three now for me on the road feels a little bit better. You know, a 2017 type of a game, you hit the under uh, the 49ers, maybe 20, maybe 24, 17, something like that. That's the type of game I see here. So yeah, I'll take the Niners. I'll give up those three points. I'll, I'll take the under. And I think it's going to be both teams really testing each other early to try to bully, see if any, either team can get the ball rolling, uh, running the ball on the ground. If not, it'll be interesting to see which team uh, passes better essentially uh, to, to put some points on the board if they get down. Yeah. yeah I think it's going to be a pretty interesting game, but I think Tennessee's whole goal this year is just don't let the Colts pass us, you know, maybe work AJ Brown into this game or the upcoming games slowly wait till Derek gets back. And then they may be a real handful in the, in the postseason. you know, and host the game, win the division. And I think they're in good shape to do that. I just don't think this version of the Titans is very formidable. Right. Yeah. And for the 49ers, they're trying hard They're They, they need one more win to really have right, a good right. shot at. And if they win this week and then the Texans are on the schedule next week, you're a playoff football team and you could probably rest some people, maybe see a little uh, Trey nice, Lance yeah. in week 18 against the Rams. So wow, that's, that's the hope. That's the hope for the 49ers and 49ers fans out there, because then you get playoffs and you get to see Trey Lance one more time this year. Yeah, you get that uh, those bowl practices kind of thing. Just kind of get the young pups, the JV yeah. squad out there, and you know get a little some good reps there. Yeah, like let uh, let some of your bang let Debo Trent rest a game, sure. maybe let Kittle yeah, right. rest a game. I mean, it sucks for Trey Lance; you don't get all your best players out there, you know. <laughs> but uh, it, that that's the ideal situation for the 49ers and the Titans. Luckily, had a big head start. They get people back, get Derrick Henry back. Um, yeah, look out for the Titans uh, in January. Right now, I'm not so sure about that football team are the 49ers going to come out flat. That's a big question because I think the Niners are clearly better when you add everything up in this game on Thursday night, the Thursday travel, the short week is a big question for me with those 49ers. Can they get up and enjoy a couple of days off after on a long week before those Houston Texans? All right. Real quick, got, I've been meaning to that? ask you this for about 10 weeks. Okay. <laughs> Trent Williams to me is having a ridiculous season. And I just saw this on pro football focus. And to be honest, I can take or leave pro football focuses grades for offensive linemen in particular, but it passes a sniff test too. I mean, he's having like a historic season. Oh, it's amazing. I actually like PFF for, for offensive line grades, just because there's not a lot of places to go statistically oh, for know, offensive there. line. You know, you can get pass block win rate and, and some things in, in some places, but um, and offensive line, it's so hard to isolate one player versus how the entire line is playing. And then you've got to isolate what the quarterback is doing behind there and the coaching staff. So it's difficult. So I kind of like that. There's at least somewhere to sort of cross cross check what you see on the field, which is the most important thing. Trust your eyes out there, folks. Um, and when I trust my eyes on Trent Williams, he's dominating. He's flat out dominating people. And now he's breaking. PFF's grading system. He's had the highest grade they've ever had for an offensive lineman. I mean, he's he tossed a linebacker a couple weeks ago five yards in the air, like a video <laughs> game thing that that I didn't think was quite real. I, I looked at it and I had to watch it four or five times to see if maybe that player sprung himself, if there was some other reason he flew. Trent Williams grabbed him, threw him five yards in the air away from the play. It's video game stuff right now, what Trent Williams is doing. And uh, even though he's getting up there in age and he's had some injuries in his career, he's been healthy for the 49ers this year, knock on wood. Um, he, he was the, uh, made, made the we're not going to talk about the Pro Bowl today. Um, I, my thoughts on the Pro Bowl, probably the listeners don't want to hear it because I don't think it should really exist. I mean, give them the accolades, but definitely don't play the game. Um, Trevor Trent Simeon went to the Pro Bowl once. <laughs> Yeah, then, yeah. You, you, half, <laughs> half, half people don't play. So you get all these crazy alternates. So you get all right. these th players that shouldn't be in the Pro Bowl still in the Pro Bowl. And then, you know, fan voting is always somewhat rough. And then the media voting, it, it can get odd as well, too. So um, 
and player voting sometimes is as bad as any of it. If the players have a say in things. So anyway, um, but Trent Williams, yeah, he's been awesome. Run or pass, he's so athletic still. He can get out and he crushes people, and he pretty much dominates just about every matchup uh, every week. Uh, pretty phenomenal for the 49ers. And Lakin Tomlinson's been playing pretty well, too, right next to him at left guard. So then you move uh, George Kittle out there at tight end, one of the best run-blocking tight ends in the league. There's a reason Elijah Mitchell, I saw a stat earlier this year, he's averaging nine yards per carry when they when he runs to the left side of the 49ers <laughs> offensive line. And there's a reason why. And, yeah. and Sprinkle uh, a little use check in. To, right, know, exactly. Sure. When, yeah, in yeah. Doubt, when in doubt, run left, and the Niners are, are going to be in, in pretty good shape. <laughs> I'm going to have to search up that uh, Trent Williams throwing the linebacker out of the saloon clip. Yeah, <laughs> there's been numerous plays this year where they're wow, but that one's just crazy. Next, we will get to some of the earlier games on Sunday, as well as a couple of Saturday games on Christmas Day. Coming up. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose, right? Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You decide how much to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Sign up for free at StatHero.com slash LockedOn. Use that promo code LockedOn for a 100% deposit match. Yes, 100% deposit match. StatHero.com slash locked on. That's promo code locked on for 100% deposit match. Again, StatHero.com slash locked on. Don't forget it. That promo code is locked on. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we'll try this again with those Cleveland Browns now in a short week because their game got pushed back to Tuesday last week, Matt. At 7-7, seven and seven, their playoff lives are riding on a game that is a tough one on paper. On the road at the 11-3 and three Packers, Green Bay favored by 7.5 here at home. Um, and those Browns didn't get anybody back really for the Tuesday game, even though it got moved last week. And they might still not have a lot of players back. In fact, I think they had one more today, didn't they? Yeah, J.C. Treader, really good starting center, is just tested positive a couple minutes ago from when we're recording this. So he's definitely out for Saturday. Um, I feel like we should apologize to our listeners in a way because, I mean, we can't preview every game Friday. Maybe we'd have a little more COVID information tomorrow on some of these games, you'd hope. But, I mean, just the way the league is right now, the stuff's popping up so fast. And what isn't happening fast, to your point, is – people coming off the list, you know, like as of right now, Mayfield's not playing for the Browns as well as a lot of those guys that they, you know, were missing this past it was a couple of days ago, but that could change in the next 24 hours for sure. But who's to say, I mean, we, we uh, I'm not gonna pretend like I know better. It's not like, uh, you know, a right. groin injury that they might fight through. Speaking of which miles Garrett has a groin injury and he's like, their only healthy good guy. Too. Yes. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I think the Packers at home, I know they kind of squeaked one out against the Ravens last week, a desperate Ravens team. I just think Green Bay is a lot better than the Browns on their best day. I think they'll load up to stop Nick Chubb. Now he's without his center, who's a really good player as well. If Garrett is even compromised, I think that's a huge problem. I'm laying the points here without much reservation. I mean, there, it doesn't get more important for most football teams than your best defensive player who's an edge rusher 
to pressure a Hall of Fame quarterback that you're going up against and your yeah, own right. starting quarterback, right? If those guys don't play, then you got to take the seven and a half all day. And right now, um, it doesn't look like they're going to play. And if they do, I don't know if it matters because the Browns haven't been playing that great a ball, even with healthy recently. I still might take the Packers with the touchdown. Right. I mean, with all respect to Baker, I mean, him being out isn't like Aaron Rodgers when they went to Kansas City without him. You know, I mean, right. uh, maybe Keenum's back. You know, I mean, Mullins wasn't terrible. I just don't think the Browns are very explosive. I think the defense is going to be picked apart. And I just think it's a big Rodgers day at home, not the easiest place to play. And I wanted to throw this out there, too. You know, the Browns lobbied so hard to get last week's game moved and the NFL obliged, moved it to Tuesday and they really didn't have anybody back that they wouldn't have had Saturday. And now you get a super short week to go to green Bay, you know, be careful what you wish for. Right. Tuesday to Saturday. That's, that's even worse for you now. So it turned out being worse overall, I think for the Browns. So there's no, there's nothing really here that points to the Browns for me. And I, I, you know, I don't know if I would love this line. Maybe I would wait to see if, Baker Mayfield's good to go later in the week uh, or at least tomorrow or Saturday morning, say maybe that line sneaks under a touchdown, then pick to take the Packers. But as of now, um, yeah, I, there's no way there's no other way to go for me than Green Bay, because the way they're playing versus the way the Browns are playing, then with COVID on top of it for the Browns uh, right. and a short week. Yeah, what, what, there's no other way to go. No, 100 percent. How about the Colts who are red hot against the Cardinals who are stumbling a little bit right now? The eight and six Colts uh, have an opportunity to be tied in the win and loss column this week before Sunday even starts, depending on what happens Thursday and Saturday. They're on the road at Arizona, 10 and four. Now, those Cardinals who have dropped from the one seed in the NFC to the four seed in the NFC. And look out, they might even be a five seed if the Rams can catch them who are uh, who are closing in on them now. So. Arizona favored by one at home against those Indianapolis Colts. It's a pretty good line for me. I think pretty close to a pick just because the way these two teams are playing and it would have been Arizona by a touchdown, you know, four weeks ago. But right now, um, the Colts are playing better than the Cardinals, actually. Without question. Um, The Cardinals have a little bit of this history of fading down the stretch. And I'm not saying this is why, but it's one thing I've been meaning to talk about on the podcast is I don't think we talk about age enough you know rosters come older rosters and i want to bring it up with tampa for sure i mean they're the biggest culprit here to me is you know the the cardinals go out and sign hudson jj watt aj green all these older dudes and it really was a good move for them for much of the year but those older guys can wind down a little watts out hudson hasn't been there hudson's really been missed i mean he's a big time leader so, you know, those things are just something to keep in mind. You know, like I'm, I'm going to mention Tampa again. It's great. The Super Bowl champs brought back every starter. Well, you know what? Their starting lineup got a whole year older. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the process, <laughs> it, it, one whole year older. That's rare. So, you know, be careful what you wish for here again. Um, are the Cardinals desperate enough to have their best game possible and just load against load up against the run? And I do respect their defense. In their building, possibly. I think the Colts are just hotter now, and I'll take them on the road. And I think good offensive lines and good running games travel well. And look, it's been 15 weeks of this, Matt, where we say, ah, well, come on, you can you can load the box against 
the Colts and, and stop Jonathan Taylor and then make Wentz throw on you, maybe get that interception from Wentz and you're good to go and you can beat the Colts. Um, and it, it hasn't happened for the last, <laughs> whatever, seven weeks or, or eight weeks when the, when the Colts have been really hot here. And I mean, the, what Taylor's doing is crazy. 1,500 yards already this season and 17 touchdowns. And, and the Colts offensive line is the strength of that. So uh, that's what's going to be fun to me. Can you stop Jonathan Taylor? And then if you load the box, then if he does get past that first wave, there's a big run and a big play there. So uh, that's going to be fun to me. I like the way the Colts are playing, but if I am only giving up one point for the team at home, and if we've learned anything about this football season, Matt, it's whatever they did last week, expect the opposite this week. So I'm going to expect the opposite, and I've got a little rebound for the Cardinals here. So I'll give up that one point. I'll take the cards at home. I can see it. I can see it. Let's move on to Sunday. There's a couple of snoozer games right now. Two teams that are out of it. Um, I do, dude, with the way the Lions are covering at 2-11-1 here, the Atlanta Falcons at home are favored by five and a half points. This is almost one of my favorites of the entire schedule. Uh, I don't like that the Lions are on the road here, but the 2-11-1 Lions at the 6-8 and eight Falcons, I don't know that the Lions are a worse football team with the way the Falcons are playing and, and 32 overall in DVOA. I don't know how the Falcons have won six games this year. Uh, but five and a half points. Give me those. Give me those lions who are covering for us just about every week here, Matt. Without question. I, I mean, I am super impressed with the lions. However, and this is the problem with all these previews, let alone doing them on Thursday. And again, my apologies, but such is life, you know, COVID world, Jared Goff's on COVID. And I mean, he's on the list right now. And I think that's a massive deal. I mean, the, the backups to him are really not NFL quarterbacks. And Goff played really well this past week. I mean, he's easy to bash. He's not as good as Matthew Stafford, but he's one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the world. And they might be getting Swift back. They might be getting Jamal Williams back. Um, I'm going to take the Lions here without hesitation, but I'm going to be – I just want to reserve the right to pull my vote if Goff doesn't play. <laughs> Yeah, and, and maybe that's maybe that's why the line is is five and a half because I still feel like that's that's a little bit big. Um, but man, yeah. uh, there's there's been money to be made with the Lions all year long, even when they're not winning games. And I they're going to try like heck to keep this close. The Falcons aren't a powerhouse offense. Uh, the Falcons can be scored upon on defense. I think the Lions, if Swift back is back, especially will be able to run the ball, and and whoever's the quarterback um, will have a much easier job because of that. So keep it close, and even if the Lions lose by three you win this so um that, that's that's my that's my pick yeah, here lions lose by three on the road but when you some cash with that minus 5.5 this uh lions plus 200 money lines a little bit appealing to me too yeah maybe the lions Double go on a run and, and end up screwing up uh their their top five pick altogether who knows <laughs> i mean i i could just picture no matter who the running back is gouging atlanta over and over and over behind that big physical offensive line and Dan Campbell doing the jig on the sideline. Just loving it. You know I mean? I mean, they they've been doing a good job nibbling at people's knees all year long. So uh, yeah. why, why change it up? Okay. Next, we've got a few more of these early games to get to a good one in the AFC North Ravens at Bengals. We've got Rams at Vikings, both those teams with much to play for with playoff seating right now and bills at Patriots coming up. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than well, it's less than two months away now. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. And look, you go into the Super Bowl, the game's great, but the experiences, those experiences matter. The experiences of a lifetime. 
and you can select your exact seats with On Location and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star L.A. hotels, and food chefed up by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or just search Super Bowl On Location. That's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl On Location. Lots of tasty holiday lines this Christmas season to go along with your tasty food and beverage. Hopefully that you're enjoying with the loved ones in your life. Give yourself a little Christmas present. Make some cash this weekend. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season, more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code locked on. And you will get that bonus. Again, promo code locked on. And it's not just football at Bet Online, they got you covered for pro and college hoops, NHL boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for this 2021 season and future bets beyond 2021. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Tough place for the Baltimore Ravens to be in. They're they're in almost must-win zone right now, and they don't have their quarterback, Matt. And Lamar Jackson still hasn't practiced as of Wednesday. He's in a day-to-day situation. John Harbaugh last week said he was hopeful that he would play, and nothing has changed. He's still hopeful he'll play, but he's still not back in practice, so not looking good. Huntley's done well in his place, but the 8-6 and six Ravens, at the eight and six Bengals, Matt, this is pretty big for both these teams because as we talked about yesterday, looking at the playoff picture, maybe only the division winner gets in in this division. Yeah, and I think that will be the case. Um, what was it? Week seven, Cincinnati won this game 47 to 17, you know, and um, as well as Tyler Huntley played and looked, and he may have a wonderful career. I think it's a little different once you put a little bit of tape out there and you give a team pretty much the entire week to prepare for a backup quarterback. That's the real test to me if he's a keeper. He's passed all the tests so far, but I think Cincinnati's defense will give him a difficult time. The Ravens have played such a unique style of offense that the Steelers, Browns, Bengals that have seen this offense more certainly have an advantage, in my opinion, to ones that don't. And uh, especially when Lamar plays, you're not blown away by his you know, speed and dynamic abilities. It's in Cincinnati. I think that Burrow, I hope they let him cook a little bit more. I hate that term. I can't believe I said that. <laughs> but those receivers against you know, no corners for the Ravens. Right. I like the Bengals here. Yeah, I like the Bengals to go to the air uh, again. And yeah. look, w- w- even with Huntley playing pretty well it's not like the Ravens offense has necessarily thrived under him either Uh, a lot of short stuff a lot of Mark Andrews and even Marquise Brown what was it 10 catches for 43 yards or something last week so it was all like at the line of scrimmage right so can you 15 targets I mean the fastest guy in the league can you keep him in front of you tackle Mark Andrews when he catches the ball put up some points on offense which I think Burrow with those weapons on the outside against the banged up Ravens secondary are in a pretty good position to do. I like the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Three points is about right, but I'll give up those three points because I do like the Bengals a lot, especially without Lamar Jackson in this game. And yeah, more tape for Huntley and a team that knows the Ravens well, who are just a little bit too banged up at this point. Uh, Give me those Bengals and 
really, this might be for all the marbles when we look back. This 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 might be the game that decides the AFC North and puts those Bengals into the playoffs or knocks them out of the playoffs. Yeah, especially with the Bengals win, then I really like their chances of winning the division. The Los Angeles Rams are at the Minnesota Vikings. The 10 and 4 Rams now tied, but don't have the tiebreaker against those Arizona Cardinals. But the Rams are surging. The Cardinals are not. The Vikings now battling for that seven seed. So a win would be huge for them. The Vikings schedule is rough here at home. They are three point dogs, but just just now, Matt, some big news came down yeah, that huge. really hurts the Vikings chances, right? Yeah, my phone blew up like 30 seconds ago. Dalvin Cook is on the COVID list. And then I got another notification right after that. He's unvaccinated, so there's no chance he's going to play. It makes me wonder if he'll even play next week. He has looked so good. And it seems like an underreported story, but he has been super impressive. And they obviously have players behind him who are quality backs. And then the Wangu kid actually I think is a keeper as well. We know who Madison is. But I think the Rams are really finding themselves. I'm I'm going under the assumption that we won't see Adam Thielen again in this game. Ramsey rarely travels, but how could you not stick him on Justin Jefferson a high percentage of the time, especially if Cook and Thielen are out? I, I think this is the beginning of the end for the Vikes. You know, we had a good conversation yesterday about teams that were fighting for that seventh spot in the NFC. And I think both of us were pretty high on the Vikings as a team but I think their situation schedule is going to really be a problem for them right now. I like the, where the Rams are at. I'm taking the Rams all day long. Oh, wow. I didn't see the unvaccinated part for Dalvin Cook. That means that 10 days out, minimum. Yeah. That puts him out for next week. Right. I mean, it's potentially brutal. Let's see. That's at Packers next week for the Vikings, which is tough enough anyway. And Thielen, if you ask Thielen, I think he said himself he's going to try to play. And maybe Thielen will be back. But I'm with you. Even if Thielen plays. That would be fun just to see, you know, from a fan's perspective, uh, that would be fun to see Ramsey versus Jefferson. I hope he does. Travel oh, yeah. with him. Uh, and, and especially if there's no cook and no feeling. I mean, that, that's a that's a no brainer to me for uh, for the Rams. But the, the, the I do not like that news at all. I think if that's the case, no Dalvin Cook, um, that's even. I think the Rams should be favored by even more than three points, even though they're on the road here. So I got to go with the Rams with that late news. And I bet that line moves swiftly. It's funny because as you were chatting there, I was like, I'm going to put a couple bucks on the Rams and the site didn't let me do it. Uh, They took it off already. I mean, (laughs) it's their livelihood. They're good at this kind of thing. Yeah. They're monitoring Twitter uh, and maybe even some other things and getting information as fast as anybody in the world because yeah, it matters. So there you go. That makes it easy for us to uh, take the Rams here. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I mean, I just think that'll, allow the Rams to control the clock and maybe it's more Sony Michelle and, you know, controlling the flow of the game. I like where Stafford's playing. I wish I'd have bet this yesterday or an hour ago. Right. It's Sony Michelle. It's interesting how he's kind of just taken that over. And there was an injury yeah, to Henderson and it allowed Michelle to get in there. And even with Henderson back last week, Michelle's the guy. Hey, oh yeah. And, and I'm not sure who the better football player is of the two. I think they're a good compliment. But I think the physicality that Michelle brings, the pass protection, you know, the move the sticks components of it with, the, you know, often an extra offensive lineman in the game now, I, I think that's exactly what they need. Rough for the Vikings, too, because if they can't get uh-huh. this one at home against the Rams, they've got, they're have got they at the Packers next week, and then if they lose both of those games, then Week 18 versus the Bears just won't matter. Yeah, forget about it. 
this 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 is this is exactly where the unvaccinated part really hurts a football team for Dalvin oh, Cook man. To, to to potentially knock him out t- testing positive late in the week to potentially knock him out for two weeks in a playoff push such an important player for for that offense and that yeah. that's rough for Minnesota. I mean, I don't have the right to tell people about their personal rights. Do whatever you want. But oh, right. holy cow. I mean, I'm just an NFL analyst saying it is so much more beneficial if you're vaccinated for the NFL, if yeah. you're an NFL player. You have your own uh, you have your own ideas and decisions to make, but certainly better for the team if you are vaccinated. That, Absolutely. That's for sure. Uh, and obviously, with all these COVID cases, we look at them through a who's available, you know, who's going to who am I going to start on my fantasy football team? How does it affect the the lines and, and these football games in the playoffs? But you hope all these players that are testing positive aren't having a bunch of symptoms either. And it worries me True. a little bit yeah. when you see a team like the Browns, where guys who are uh, who are out for an extended period are still aren't back yet. Uh, is, does that mean they're having some symptoms? And so you hope everyone comes out healthy at this more than anything. Without question. I mean, I haven't heard many cases of that. And we always think of these guys as super healthy young men, which they are compared to the rest of the community. But, you know, I mean, it's still a disease. Let's finish this up today with the Bills at Patriots. A good one. And we just saw this a couple weeks ago, but I don't know if I mean, should we just crumple up the the stat sheet and and uh, and, and throw away the film of Bills Patriots number one with that snowstorm and the way that game played out and Mac Jones attempting three passes, completing two of them, only one of them beyond the line of scrimmage and the Patriots coming away with the win versus those bills, the eight and six bills now on the road at the nine and five Patriots with the bills win. They are tied atop the AFC East New England at home here favored by two and a half points here. Can we take away anything from the last meeting or do we throw that one out, Matt? I think we throw it out for the most part, but I'm going to steal this thought from Greg Cosell because I remember listening to some of his previews before that game and after that game. And his thoughts were, yeah, that was an unbelievable extreme. Of course, Mac Jones is going to throw more than three passes, no matter what. But Greg's thoughts on the game were no matter if it's rain, shine, beautiful, ugly, he thought Belichick was just going to run it over and over and over and over against the Bills. You know, just that would be the strategy no matter what. So maybe that still holds up. You know, they run it 65% of the time, not 95 or whatever. You know, I mean, it's still going to be a heavy run script, in my opinion. And with that, bat, that last game, Harris busting off that long run and getting free was really the difference because then the, the Patriots never had to press. They never had to get out of that comfort zone. I think the world's a little lower on the Patriots than they should be just because they lost to a really, really good, you know, Colts team that's red hot. I trust the Patriots more here in their building. I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to go the other way because if okay. things don't really change much for the Patriots, and I heard an interesting interview with Brian Dable, Bill's offensive coordinator, uh, just within the last week or so. And he was talking about, because he was, uh, people were asking about his game plan, not handing the ball off for an entire half of the game. And then actually last week, they ran the ball quite a few times. I think Devin Singletary had, what, 22 carries or something all of a sudden. They haven't traditionally been a team that runs the ball a lot or runs the ball well. That's just how they're built. But Brian Dable's answer was essentially, every game is different. Why would I treat every game the same and have the same game plan every single week. That would be insane. So I, I kind of liked that response from him. The question is, how will it look different for the Bills if the Patriots come at you the same way? And I think weather-wise, it just benefits the Bills to be playing in better weather that benefits Josh Allen and benefits that passing game a little bit more. Um, and you're right, it was it was one play that took this the opposite direction, Can The Bills have a little bit of balance, and then Josh Allen 
make a lot more plays in, in a little bit better weather, even though it's probably going to be cold still at Foxborough, I would imagine. Um, but give me the bills here in this one. Cause I'll take the points. Whoever, whoever's getting the points is where I'm going to go. And of course it's the AFC and things are going to get nuts. So uh, whoever's got the worst records got to win every game in the AFC this week, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the bills running game, running back usage. And I'm not disputing what you said at all, because I was saying, I think there's two sides to it is, a lot of Singletary's carries came late in that game when it was in hand. But I'm not brushing that off as a nothing. I really think the Bills, by doing that, and even earlier in the game, have decided we're going to stick with A back and we're going to give him touches and we're going to practice getting better at it because we know what we're doing as a ground game isn't working. Yeah, we have a lead, but let's work on stuff here. Let's work on a traditional running game a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that they're recognizing it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, they're, they're a throw first team. They're always going to be, and you throw sure. for points and you run with the lead, but still, uh, and, and Singletary did have an early rushing touchdown in that game, which helps. And so just a little bit more balance. You can still be a throw first team, but a little bit of balance for the bills, I think will help. And maybe that's something they've learned the last few weeks. Yeah. I think you're right about that. All right, we've got a lot of good games to get to still on tomorrow's program, previewing week 16 here, Jags at Jets, which is not one of those good games. Um, at least they're <laughs> evenly matched, though. You know, there's draft How do you make a there. line for that game? Yeah. Uh, before I forget, I've been sitting here with a stat from Chiocopedia for that game that I was, I was wanting to get to, and I know that myself I'll forget it tomorrow. But I was reading his write-ups on, um, whatchamacallit, on, on The Athletic. So if you bet against the Jags and the Jets this year, you would be 20 and eight if you just bet against them, against the spread. So (laughs) how do you set a line for that game? Well, you know what? We might as well, since we're getting into this, then this is how you set a line for this game, Matt. The line is even. That's how you set it. (laughs) Coin flip. I don't know. Pick a team. Right. And the Um, Jets are riddled with COVID. Yeah. I mean, a lot's out there. I would have. I would have easily taken the Jets in this game if half their team didn't come out, come down with COVID a couple of days ago and including their head coach. So how much of a factor is that going to be? Their quarterback doesn't have COVID, but both these rookie quarterbacks have not played well. They've been major disappointments so far, which I don't think you can throw all of the blame at them, but you would hope to see a little bit more progression through some of this, maybe um, with a, with a full week now post firing of your head coach, maybe that helps the Jaguars. So I think I tend to lean Jaguars with what's COVID's going on here with the jets, even though, uh, the Jets are at home in this game. Um, I like the quarterback better with the Jags. The last week was so tumultuous with a midweek firing. So interim coach with a full week, things settling down for the Jaguars. I'll take the Jaguars with this uh, with this even line here. I think I will too. That doesn't matter to me. It's in New York. I mean, I still like Lawrence more than Wilson. The COVID situation sure depletes an already depleted bad roster. But I mean, again, this is a, this is about bottom of the barrel, COVID, coaching, firing, bad football, bad against the spread combination as you could ever see in the league. This is the worst game of the year so far because of everything that's <laughs> yeah, been combined. Yeah. And, and it was already going to be bad between these two teams. So uh, it's only fitting that this has major draft implications. And who knows, the team that loses this might end up with the number one pick. Yeah, they might. They might. And we said that last week against with Jaguars Texans, too. So we get to say that again this week. True, true. All right. So tomorrow we will talk Giants, Eagles, Bucks, Panthers, Chargers, Texans, Bears, Seahawks, Steelers at Chiefs. 
some very big COVID news that we're going to give you keep a track of in that one. Uh, Broncos at Raiders, Washington at Dallas, and Monday Night Football is Dolphins at Saints. Thanks for making us your first listen, by the way, back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.